Today we sit down with Miffa, coach of the North CSGO team with a long history of teaching CSGO schools throughout Denmark. We wanted to find out exactly what his role was and what makes a good coach. So in your own words, what is the most important role as a coach within a CSGO team? The most important role that I have within the team is, is to create an environment where um, everybody feels safe and where everybody dares to do mistakes as well, um, because it's through our mistakes that we improve. Um, so I think that's the most important part of my job. And next to that, uh, all, the, all the, the main structure about arranging practice or... Uh, doing the veto against our opponents, doing analysis of both our own practice games as well as our opponents for tournaments, um, and and helping Velda creating new strats. Um, so so, but but that's that's pretty much secondary in my opinion, um, because you cannot you cannot get to that point unless that you have like an environment that that allows uh, each individual to to be the best version of themselves. Okay, so it's kind of more around creating the culture where you're allowed to make mistakes and kind of building off of that then. Yeah, definitely. I think that mistakes is pretty essential of, of, of pretty much any team. If, if you create an environment, you, there's, there's a thin line between playing clever and playing scared. Uh, and, and I think that we have been, we have been on, on, on both sides uh, where we have been making a lot of stupid mistakes because that you got overconfident and then as well as having players that started to play scared because that they were afraid that they would be maybe benched at some point or they had a bad period. And, and sometimes you just need to pretty much, I don't know how to say that, but uh, to uh, to uh, just to show your opponent who's the boss, right? Just to take the fight against them and, 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 and not really care about uh, if you win or lose that fight because as long as you believe in yourself when you're going into a fight or going into a duel against an opponent, then you're most likely going to win. But then again, you can also get you can quickly get overconfident and and and, and take some stupid peaks or, or something else. So that's a thin line between the two. So you're kind of riding that line between aggression and recklessness, Ian. Mm. Okay, so obviously Valve introduced uh, a few rules which limited the coach's role within the CS:GO teams. Um, how do you utilize your time in in say a tactical timeout with your team and the, the small amount of input? On how much input do you actually have during that time? Um, I guess that's where my notepad comes into play because I take a lot of notes during the games. Uh, and and the reason for that is that I need to prepare those 30 seconds that I have during those timeouts. With that said, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think that the coach's role during live games has, uh, is, is really limited. So I think that the, the, way, the place that I win the games is not during live games. It's, it's during practice because that's where, when I have a, I have a say, I can prepare, I can, uh, tell the guys which strategies that we need to focus on and and what kind of play that we need to be doing uh, against our opponent uh, because that I've been doing the analysis a, a few days before we have the line game, live game. But I think that during those live games that you really need to prepare what you're going to say for those 30 seconds as well as having the understanding that you have four ti timeouts during a game. So you cannot just say everything uh, at once because it's going to be overwhelming for the players and they need to remember it. So... I think that you need to be specific and you need to be like really accurate about the things that you want them to remember and that you want them to adjust. 
So kind of without giving away any of your secrets or your kind of techniques, what kind of things do you usually say to your players? Is it is it mostly uh, specific uh, minutia where they have to, where you've noticed a few things or is it more kind of overhaul uh, kind of planning. I think that yeah, I think that it's it's it, it can be it can be both. It's it's really rare that I tell the the my players what they shouldn't be doing. Um, but it's I'm I'm more focusing on all, everything that we are doing right. So, a lot of the times that you can actually do it as let's say a default strat for example. So you spread out across the map, you get the map control that you want, and and you use that information to decide whether you're going to towards A or B, right? So the default default itself could be rather successful and you're gonna get all the map control that you want, but it's the execute, I mean, going to this one of the bomb sites that's going to be the problem. So I think that in 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 times like that it's it's really important to remember that the default itself is not really an issue, but it's only the execute that you need to adjust and but it's it's easy to forget for the players as soon as that you see just see that you are losing the rounds and then you're going to do something completely different so you could like either rush b or you can go straight into an execute instead of playing the default first um so i think a, a lot of the times what i try to focus on during those timeouts is is pretty much to to focus on the things that we're doing right and everything that we that is actually working for us despite that we might be behind seven to zero or something else um so i think that automatically by focusing on the things that you're good at uh, makes you do less of the things that you're bad at so essentially, you're kind of reinforcing the the positive behaviors of of your players and encouraging them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So, in terms of um, top tier teams, do you think that uh, having a coach is almost a necessity now for teams aiming for the upper echelons of the CS:GO world? If you're aiming for the top tier, yes, I would say that it's 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 necessary to have a coach because he's going to take so much pressure off the team. I mean, just the things that with uh, like like scheduling practice against the opponents for the next two weeks up to the major has been like a real big headache of mine, and I cannot even imagine if if one of the players had to do that. Um, so we 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 tend to like plan at least a week ahead uh, for all the practice matches that we're playing. Uh, and I think that I think that there's a lot of different things that 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 a coach is doing that would be beneficial for any team to, uh, aiming to to become top tier. Um, and that could be that could be evaluation as well as well as like analyzing your opponents both in game but also just the veto. Um, but with all that said, is it is it necessary to have a coach in order to play Counter Strike on a decent level? No, not necessarily. You can see a lot of teams who doesn't have a coach and that that can still play on a decent level. Um, but I think that if you're aiming for becoming like one of the best ten teams in the world, or I think that you're going to see like made in made in Brazil, for example, Mibar is 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 pretty much just a temporary uh, play now since Zeus is standing in instead of Cold Sierra. And waiting to get another player after the major, um, so I think they're going to have a hard time developing. But right now, it's it's I think they're just trying to hold on until after the major and, and do it as good as they can. So I don't think they're going to develop as much as individuals or team-wise. They're probably not going to work with a lot of new strategies as well. Um, but 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 yeah, I think that yeah, you definitely need a coach if you if you're aiming for the top tier. So you mentioned your collaborative work with Valde, obviously the IGL of North. Do you think there's a lot of collaborative work between other coaches and IGLs of the other teams? 
I think there is a lot. I think that one of the things that, that I have always been wondering is that how other coaches work, because I think that you don't really see so many in-game leaders who is going to uh, talk to one another about how they're doing or if they have some special methods in order to, in the, in the way that they call. Uh, I think, and the same goes for coaching. Uh, I don't have uh, I don't have so much experience with talking to other coaches about how they do. But with that said, I've been I've been in the coaching game ever since it started. So maybe at a maybe at a lower level, but I've been working with everything from students to uh, low tier Counter Strike uh, below the top forty, uh, and and now I've been also been working in the, in the top ten. And the thing that goes goes for me is that I can see there's a there's a, a lot of the things that is that is pretty much the same the way with the way that I coach uh, both on the schools that I used to work at but as well as uh, in north actually um, so yeah okay cool so I'm gonna kind of switch it up a little bit here but you've, you've mentioned uh, your previous work obviously coaching at schools and and with lower tier teams um, but in in your experience what has been the best kind of way to bring a team together to kind of create that cohesive unit and make them work together I think that uh, one of the things that we try to focus on a lot is is to have uh, principles of play so we have like certain ways that we want to react on different kind of maps depending on what kind of scenario that we're in uh especially on the ct sides you see that a lot of teams as soon as they they lose a man and 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 they and the the opponent have the upper hand during a round that they would they would tend to push aggressive uh we have made some certain rules uh on the different kind of maps uh, depending on what kind of tactic that we're doing, if we are going to reduce the map control, if we're going to be aggressive, if we're going to play defensive. And I think that having that common understanding on how to act in, in uh, or how to react in different kind of scenarios really brings a team together. Um, that as well as, as having a talk about how, how are you going to help one another uh, during the games? How, what, what kind of initiatives are we wanting the players to take? Do we want them to to focus a lot more on flashing for one another? Do we want them to die for one another, like doing a bait or something else? Um, so that that would what you could call uh, having having those kind of agreements in game and, and getting on the same page like that is 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 really going to take you a long way. Um, then you also have like different kind of team build team building methods outside of the game, um, and I think that goes for pretty much pretty much any workplace that you're going to be at as, as soon as you can work together outside of the game then you can work together inside of the game but i think that there's there's been a misunderstanding about the team building things in 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 csgo teams pretty much because i mean i've also tried to have students who has been or players who has been like falling backwards with their eyes closed and then depending on their teammates to catch them right uh, and i don't just i just don't see how that makes you better at flashing for one another so I think that you need to make like in-game team building exercises and then you need to evaluate them in a specific way and discuss them outside of the game where you sit across the table and 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 look your teammates in the eye. Um, and then you need to do something socially together. So I think there's the balance between um, having like cer certain methods that you do in practice during uh, on an in-game server as well as uh, doing just some 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 I mean, social things outside of the game. And I think one of the things that we do a lot is that we go out uh, to a restaurant after we've been practicing or we go to the gym together. 
yeah, we do a lot of things together outside of the game, and 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 of course, traveling as much as we do, we also spend a lot of time together. So so automatically, we make things work. Okay, so obviously spending a lot of time together, if you have these kind of um, critical analysis uh, conversations, can make things a little bit awkward. So what's the what's the best way that you found to approach players? Is it more individualistic or is it you bring everyone together as one so you can all discuss it out in the open? Or what's the best way that you found? Um it can be both, uh, pretty much. Right now, we're talking to a um, we're having we're having someone from the outside who's coming in, and she's helping us with uh, discussing the things that can be hard. Because when you're doing evaluation of a lost game, especially when you have gotten, if you've gotten like really beat up, like we got <laughs> against Crazy at the, at the minor yeah. or against Fnatic. Then it's it can be really rough to sit at that evaluation, and it can be it can be really rough to be uh, like efficient with the way that you evaluate those games, and it can be really hard because that you have some you have some frustrations against one another, or you can just be really frustrated with with your loss. So I think that a lot of it goes uh, has to do about timing. So um, there's. I think that we don't we don't normally do the evaluation right after the game um, because everyone is is clearly pretty frustrated at that point. So you really need to be having having the right timing with. If you have the time to do it the day afterwards, then I would uh, prefer that. But if you have a game that day as well, the tournaments, then you just need to talk about the specifics. So I think that I think that. We're trying to work on right now how that we can mention kind of things during the evaluation, especially if we have something for each individual without the person who's getting told something that he would feel like he's getting attacked, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that can be really hard. So right now we're working on the way that we communicate during those, evalu- during those evaluations um, because that we need to constantly work on being the most efficient when it comes to evaluating our lost games because we know that that's where we can learn the most but it can also be the 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 hardest thing to discuss especially if when when you have a lot of frustrations um so i think that a lot of thing, a lot of a lot of it has to do about timings and and then sometimes you just need to accept that okay today we had a bad game uh back on the horse and 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 we have another one tomorrow and we're just going to do better um, so sometimes you just need to accept that you played poorly and, and, and you just need to do better for the next game uh, without making, making t- t- creating too much of a scene uh, yeah. around it. And, and yeah. Okay. Um, so would you, would you say that that's probably one of the biggest challenges in, in terms of coaching is kind of that conflict resolution or, or being able to communicate better between the team? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think that's been the, the the biggest issue in any team that I have ever coached, or uh, with with anyone that I have ever worked with, uh, and especially in 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 esports when when you don't have like the the body language to uh, to 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 determine. I think that a lot of people underestimate how much the body language has to do in in our daily communication with one another, and especially when we're playing from home or we're doing the evaluation on TeamSpeak, then then you only have like the voice and the your choice of words that can to express yourself and your opinion. Um, and sometimes that makes that things like like irony or sarcasm be, becomes like even even harder to 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 like read because you don't have the body language to uh, 
to uh, to 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 read as well when it comes to communicating, and that just has a lot to a lot of things to say. Uh, I think it's around seventy percent or something uh, that are, of our daily communication has to do with the body language, and we just just don't have that luxury when we're playing those games because you're looking into your own monitor, and uh, and uh, when we're playing from home, then uh, then we only then we don't have the 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 opportunity to look at each other when we're when we're talking. Okay, so do you prefer to coach uh, when you've got all the players in one kind of area, or essentially in your offices in Copenhagen? Um, yeah, I would prefer that, but at the same time, you need to. We need to find the balance between because when you travel as much as we do, you have you're going to have players who constantly works with their own motivation because it's it's so hard and you're pretty much never home. So, for example, now we've had like what three weeks at home. One of the weeks that he had it off, and then we've had two weeks of practice up for the major. Um, but but again, that's only three weeks that you've had at home. Before that, we only had a week. Before that, we had two weeks. When we come home from the major, let's say that we go the entire way, then we're going to have four days at home before we travel to Malmo uh, for the DreamHack Masters event. And after that one, we have another two weeks before we travel to Star Series um, for the next Star Series event. Um, and I think that one of the things that you need to realize is that is that when you travel as much as we do, you pretty much never have any time at home. So the time when you don't travel and you have to practice at home, if you have to meet up at the office every day, that can be really rough because that you just feel like that you're constantly at work and you're constantly that you're never home. Even when you're home, you're not even at home. So, so we also have a lot of days when where we practice from home, um, and we have like one uh, mandatory day that where we had to be have to be at the office uh, in order to shoot content and meet up with the, the the people who's working at the office if they have some some news from from either like sponsors or if they want to have a meeting about how things are going or something else so we try to create an environment around the office where everybody gets in touch with one another and and everybody knows what's going on in pretty much every aspect uh, and that gives the that gives the players like a lot of comfort in in knowing what's going on around them uh, just to just sometimes to have a like a, an update so so they really know that they can just focus on the game um but but yeah i think that uh, we we're trying to find the balance because of course we need to practice from the office and we need to to sit a sit across the table for one another but but at the same time we also need to allow the players to practice from home once in a while okay so you you mentioned how crazy the esports schedule is obviously with north attending dreamhack masters and then coming over to ecs and then going on to minors and everything like that um how do you perform as a coach uh when you're traveling around all this time is it something you've adapted to or something that you've always been used to what's the what's the kind of lifestyle of a coach in, in csgo um so i think that when when you're a coach you're constantly at work pretty much every time that you're with the players then you're at work every time that you're with the players in an airport sitting next to them in the plane living together with them in the same room at the tournaments at the hotel um you're constantly at work because that you need to be you need to be aware of the way that you react you need to be aware uh, of the way that uh you talk to them uh what you tell them what you don't tell them and at the same time, as as you're trying to constantly create that environment where they feel safe and where they trust you enough, and where they feel like that they can open up for you, uh, at the same time you also need to prepare for the opponents. You need to discuss 
the past game that you've had. You need to talk about how to prepare them uh, individually. Um, so I think that again, the the biggest part of my job is to create an environment where everybody there has to make make mistakes and where that every player they feel safe and 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 that's something that you're going to be doing constantly not only when you're at tournaments or during practice but every time that you're with the player then you're going to then you have to create an atmosphere where they feel safe and where they feel like that they can open up for you um, and that goes for for during the airport sitting next to them the plane and so on um, so so yeah I think that I think that that's that's something that you do on the go. That's something that you do on ho- at home. That's something that you do uh, when you're on team with, with them. When you practice from home, um, that's something that you do all the time, pretty much. Okay, and so is that something that you've kind of uh, a technique that you brought from teaching CS:GO in your schools, or was that something you developed within the actual pro scene? Um, I don't know where I got it from, but I think that it's just something that's just something that I believe in and something that I've always believed in that before you coach players, you coach people uh, and, 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 and you need to have like, you need to have like, you need to have humans on your team before that you can start <laughs> developing them into becoming players, right? Um, and, and if you constantly just meet them with demands or want them to practice harder and, and put more hours into the game and you never pretty much give them acknowledge their effort or the way that they work or their good performances, then you're not never, then you got constantly just going to demotivate them and they're going to burn out at some point. So you constantly need to acknowledge them for what they're doing or the good things that they're doing, uh, big things as well as small things in order to constantly keep them motivated to play the game. Um, with that said, you also need some kind of discipline, of course, because play, being a professional on this level just to have, have a lot of demands. But I think that they need a coach with them that believes in them as believes in them as humans uh, before the, he believes in them as players, pretty much. Of course, I need to believe in both. But I think it's, a, it's about, like, yeah, as I said, create that safe environment for them. Okay, so in terms of picking up new players, what's the what what are the key factors that you look out for? And obviously, I don't know how much input you have as a coach, but what what are the key things that you think that a new player that's looking to come up in the pro scene needs to have if they if they're looking to get picked up into a pro team? Um, so I think that one of the things that that needs to be said here is that yeah, I have the I have the well, how can I say that? When when we're looking for a new player, for example, when we added on Yugi for the team, uh, I had a say in that because I could also just say that uh, no, uh, we didn't want Yugi, we want someone else instead. I could also like force to just keep Kadian on board uh, at that point if we wanted to. Um, but I think that that is something that you're always going to take with the players. And and this time around, Velda and I were uh, completely aligned and 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 were totally agreed that we needed to bring Yugi on board because that we see him as uh, the biggest talent of orbs in Denmark right now. Um, uh, and 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 but but yeah, I think that what 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 we're looking for uh, is. It's not always something who just has an incredible amount of individual skill, but who's also like putting the team in, in front of himself. So I would never, I would never keep a player uh, for a long period of time uh, who would put himself in front of the team. I always want the team to come first. Uh, that's the only way that we're going to win. So if I can see that a player is constantly like baiting his teammates. 
uh, if he's constantly uh, saving, even though that he could go for the go for the retake together. Not mentioning any specific Kazakhstanian <laughs> names, right? Um, and and uh, if uh, and if uh, if you're talking, I think that. Yeah, I just think that it's really important to to find a teammate who's constantly willing to put the team in front of themselves and, and who can adapt into different kind of roles because that we are not we don't have like a certain kind of structure where we are having the same kind of roles where it's the same player who's constantly playing as the entry fragger or who's playing as the lurker or something else. So we're going to look for someone who's going to who's be who would be willing to adapt into whatever role that he was going to have. Uh, and uh, who would uh, be willing to put the front in front of himself, uh, or, the, or sorry, the team in front of himself? Yeah, yeah, okay. So you, you kind of talk about creating that culture within the team, um, but how do you introduce new players into that team? Is it obviously you spoke about Yugi and how you and Valde were kind of on the same wavelength, but how would you translate uh, a new player like Yugi into into your team and make sure that they're uh, a good fit? Um, so we had a we had a really hard time with like having Yugi getting into the team actually because we wanted to play uh, we wanted an, an orb who would who would could lock down certain kind of the uh, certain uh, places of the map who would be aggressive and who would dare to take peaks and as Yugi is really like a player who needs to feel safe uh, with the players around him before that he starts doing that. Now I really think that we have created that atmosphere and that environment where Yugi feels like that he can take the amount of peaks that he wants to himself because he constantly knows where he got his teammates around him and he really trusts them uh, in order to help him to get those entry peaks or help him to get away after he's been uh, like missing a shot or something else. So I think that is, we haven't seen the full potential of a player like Yugi but because that we needed to use the first couple of months to create an environment where he would feel safe and where he could really develop as an individual player. Um, and, and, and I think that the same thing goes for pretty much any player that you would bring into a team, that you need to create the environment where they dare to do mistakes. Uh, and the same thing goes pretty much. I think that I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm saying the same things again pretty much. But I think, that, I think that that's just really, really important that you create an environment where the, where the, the newest addition of the team pretty much feels safe in the decisions that he's making and who's, that he is not afraid of making mistakes and that he can just having making his own own impact on the game and the way that we play and not just doing what everybody else tells him to do but but that he can also tell the rest of the team what he thinks and what he uh, believes in and, and how he wants to play because I think that uh, a lot of one of the things that makes us play at our best is when all the players is taking initiatives for themselves but also for each other. And we would also need a new player joining the team to do those kind of things. Uh, and not just, I mean, playing and meeting up for practice and just doing what everybody else tells them to do. So I think that that's one of the most important things also is, is, is having a player who's not afraid of taking the initiative. Okay, so you talk about coaching in schools, and I'm sure you probably get this question quite a bit, but what is uh, the biggest piece of advice you could give to uh, someone younger maybe looking to go pro in terms of CSGO? Um, I would say don't overdo it. Um, I think that Moderation. Moderation, yeah. You need to find the balance between practice and and everything else around it because I think that, as I, as I mentioned before, you, you won't be the perfect player unless that you have the balance between being 
mentally fit uh, and and physically fit, but also socially fit. Um, and I, f- I think that I think that the, the, those three things is like really important. And you see a lot of young players who's going to be, uh, oh, I'm going to be a pro. I'm just going to put like play 120 hours past in the last two <laughs> weeks and just play 10 or 12 faces a day. But you don't really see those players developing to become the greatest players because, yeah, okay, you have lo- you have like those. Uh, those individuals who's just going to be better than anybody anybody else because of their talent. You see players like Saivu or Simple or whatever, but but you really need to understand that if you're not mentally fit, if you're not physically fit, and, and if you're not socially fit, if you don't take care of friends and family, if you don't go to the gym once in a while, go for a run, if you don't um, if you don't like keep up at school, for example, and and you just want to play games all day, then you then you're not going to become the greatest player of all time. It's just not it's it's just not going to happen um, because you're going to meet some kind of a barrier sometime in your career where you're not going to be able to handle it on your own, and you need people around it to help you, or you would need to have the discipline to 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 push yourself through the, that barrier, and 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 you're going to meet. Some of the, the some of the same obstacles you, that you're meeting in real life can be pretty similar to the, some of the ones that you meet during your time as a pro player. And and, and if you're not equipped with the right tools to handle those uh, those obstacles, then you're then you're then you're not going to become then you then you're probably going to become good, but you're not going to become great. Okay, so in terms of the coaching role, who really inspires you? I think that. I think that what I've always admired is the discipline of some coaches. Um, I think, I think a player like, uh, or sorry, like a coach like um, uh, Seuss has always been a huge inspiration of mine. Uh, uh, Sonic, obviously, um, but then you also see. I think that there's a lot of diff- there's a lot of different coaches out there. I think the peace peacemaker has also been uh, like uh, an, an inspiration of mine because of the work ethic that he's had, um, and you can really feel that the discipline that he's having is, is is has really been has really been outstanding. Because that you would see him, I, I can't remember what tournament it was, but you would see him like preparing for the next game, and he would sit up all night just to doing the veto. Uh, or doing the uh, analyzing your opponent, so he could so he could be really prepared, and the players could be really prepared. And at that that amount of discipline really requires a lot of uh, yeah, just requires a lot. So I think that he's been he has been I've I've, I've been admiring him a lot. Um, then I think that uh, a coach like uh, um, like Rajin from Mousebots, he's he he believes a lot in discipline. But I think that th- that him and I we are we are not that alike. I think that we are pretty different in the way that we coach. But but then again, it's it's really hard to admire anyone in the coaching game, or uh, because that I don't think that a lot of coaches know that much about one another. I mean, one of the only coaches that I've actually talked to has been has been Sonic from Astralis, and the way that he does things and. And and I think that some of his thoughts were a lot similar to the some of the thoughts that I was having. Having, um, but yeah, I think that I think that I, I once saw a documentary about Zeus and and how he led Team Liquid at that point, and and, and that was really motivating um, because that you could you could really feel that he wasn't afraid to say what he really meant, and he would 
he he would take pretty much any frustration that were during those kind of evaluation after a loss game, and he would just take it out on the players, and he would just. I mean, in a in a constructive way, in a good way, right? So I think that I think that that was really motivating for me to see because I think that's one of my weakest points is that sometimes I can be a little hesitant or I cannot always control my emotions. Um, so I get really happy when we win. I also get really frustrated when we lose. I always remember to keep professional and the timing needs to be right when you're doing the evaluation. But in between maps and so on, it can be really frustrating sometimes. Okay, uh, cool. Um, so, in terms of um, you mentioned a few coaching styles there. You mentioned uh, Sonic. Uh, you also look at at the minor, uh, the INTZ coach of poker, and you look at like their hype and kind of their hype man style of coaching. Um, I kind of just want to get your opinion on whether it's uh, it's kind of it's supposed to be antagonistic towards the other team, and if so, does that work? Does it get into the other team's head? Um, I don't know. I think it's more like to to create like the uh, a really like a positive atmosphere around the your own team when you're playing. Um, that's that needs to be done, and and you need to be really to be good at focusing on 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 just creating the hype around your own team uh i always had a rule about hyping that you need to pretty much uh bring your own team up but never bring the own the the other team down if you know what i mean so you shouldn't be you shouldn't i, I remember watching the brazilians uh, at the minor how they were yelling at one another and they really took it to the next level i think i, I don't think that that you would ever see us be like that um, but sometimes, of course, in 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 esports and especially in CS:GO, you would see that there would be some kind of uh, yelling across the across the room to the other team. <laughs> yeah, we do that sometimes, but uh, we don't do it. Uh, we don't overdo it. Okay, and so finally, what I just want to grab your opinion on real quick is kind of player turn coaches. Essentially, you the older guard of uh, kind of CS:GO pros. What do you think? the likelihood of them kind of taking the almost logical next step into coaching and and taking up that kind of role within teams i think that i think that yeah i think that would be a natural step but at the same time i think that a lot of a lot of players they need to be aware of that being a coach is completely different from being a player because you don't play uh you spectate so you're literally watching other people play instead of playing yourself, and that just makes it hard to concentrate for the same amount of hours, um, because it's it can be it can be really hard. So it's it's completely different. So I think that a lot of players who's going to try to transition into the coaching role is going to be amazed that it can it could be so different uh, from what they had uh, thought about it to begin with. Um, so I think that that's going to be a natural step from with players trying to get to continue in the esport business. If they are going for the coaching role, the team management role, uh, I don't know necessarily. Um, but I think that you need to find the enjoy or the joy in, in, in pretty much if in, in, in either one, no matter what you do. So yeah, it's probably going to be a natural step for some players. Do you think that they they kind of get a little bit more frustrated than than, than say like a traditional coach who's only ever coached uh, because obviously they can't just jump on the server and and play? Yeah, I think that it can be a little bit of both. I think that sometimes that sometimes you see a lot more uh, like uh, you have a complete overview of everything around the team. 
but the small individual details that everyone is doing right like if they forgot for, forgot to say something during a specific round or if they didn't peak at the right timing or something else then it can be re- a, a lot harder to see but you have like a, a general overview of what everybody is doing because you can see the entire map um, so it can be a, it can be a lot harder to see those small details. I don't think that the frustrations. What I try to do pretty much around those frustrations, if I see anyone missing the timing or missing their shot or forgetting to give info or something else, then then I try to. I always try to stay stay professional and just to be curious about it and ask the players, hey, what's going wrong or how are you feeling or something else, um, so they can so they can like. Put their own words on about what's going wrong instead of me constantly giving them a conclusion about what is going wrong um so th- they need to develop themselves but i need to give them the tools to do so 